Welcome to the Amboss International Podcast, Beyond the Textbook. Joining us today is a very impressive final year medical student from the U.S. who studies in Poland, Magda Bray. I'm your host, Amboss Physician and Partnership Manager, Dr. Tanner Schrank. During the COVID-19 pandemic, all parts of our lives changed. One aspect that was drastically altered all around the world was education. Not only did students have to start attending classes online, but medical students had to figure out how to continue their preparation for entering the clinic when you couldn't enter the clinic. Changes to medical school curricula come every year, but how do you change your entire way of learning, and how did these changes affect students, teachers, physicians, and patients? Magda, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Would you mind letting our listeners know a little bit more about you and your medical education background? Sure. So I'm originally from the suburbs of Chicago, and then I went to undergrad at Indiana University in Bloomington, studying biochemistry, and then ended up in Krakow, Poland at Jagiellonian for medical school. Now I'm finishing up my last year and matched into family medicine in Chicago. Great. Congrats. Thank you. So it's a very busy time for you now. Yeah. (laughs) Many medical students are going through this, at least in their final year. It's around graduation time. So you went to college in the U.S. and then med school here in Poland. And then in your second year of med school, the pandemic hit. Yes, halfway through second year. So how did this affect your education, your studying, your learning experience in the classroom and the clinic? I remember the day we got sent home from the hospital like it was yesterday. We had heard rumblings about COVID already for the few weeks beforehand with other countries kind of going into semi-lockdowns and restricting travel. And then we were finishing up our third week of being full-time in the hospital. So we were in a pretty good routine of going to the hospital every day, coming home, taking a break, studying. And then there were rumors, I guess students were just talking amongst themselves, that there was potentially a COVID patient in the hospital. Oh, wow. And so I brought it up to the doctor that we were working with because we were on the pulmonology floor. And I was like, I don't know anything about this virus. If it's here, I don't want to be here. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He said, oh, he hadn't heard anything. He'll go double check with his supervisor. And then he comes back like 15, 20 minutes later and he's like, yeah, you guys should go home. (laughs) So I went back to the locker room, grabbed all my stuff out of it because I was like, if this is COVID, I don't think we're coming back for a little while. Went home, grabbed two Ikea bags from my apartment and loaded up at the grocery store. And that was pretty much where I spent the rest of the semester. Wow. Yeah. So the whole rest of the semester became online. Mm -hmm. So that's huge in your second year when you're already in the clinic, when you're seeing patients to change all of that and then not go back until the next semester. Yeah, we were definitely bummed. We were so excited to finally get out of the classroom and mm-hmm. see real people mm-hmm. and learn from real cases, but just had to adjust. Yeah. So how did you adjust? How do you go from going into the pulmonology ward to doing that at home? It wasn't easy at first. Definitely not the smoothest process, I'd say, because we're at the University Hospital in Krakow, which is one of the biggest hospitals in the region. They were trying to convert whatever wards they could to COVID wards. So then obviously that takes precedence over like medical school courses. So yeah. while we were trying to figure out what we were supposed to do and what we can do and trying to coordinate with our class representatives with the school office and then also with the course coordinators for our upcoming courses, they were trying to figure out, well, who's available to teach who needs to be in the hospital and things like that. But some wars honestly did really well with transitioning to online. It wasn't ideal, but they still realized that you can only listen to seminars for so long without losing your attention span. So um, I think the biggest thing that they tried to do for us to make it still somewhat like learning from patients was incorporating a lot of case studies. 
a lot of problem-based learning where we were presented with a patient and symptoms, and then we'd kind of disband for a couple hours. We go research on our own what the symptoms could be, find differential diagnoses, and then reconvene for more class. And then we kind of discuss it and go through that. So that was the format that a lot of wards tried to take. Yeah. The problem-based learning was always one of my favorite aspects because you feel like you're in an actual team working towards solving a problem, whether it's what's the best treatment for this patient or just trying to diagnose them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that kind of helps you also then study for USMLE exams without Mm -hmm. even realizing it because at the time it kind of seemed like a pain to be doing all this work on our own on top of studying and then go back for more class. I didn't see the big picture of it. Mm -hmm. until after the fact. But now looking back, it makes a lot of sense why we did it that way. And it was helpful in the end. Yeah. The AMBOSS platform actually has a lot of clinical courses and some clinical cases. So like you said, going through the patient's symptoms, the history and physical, trying to determine their diagnoses, and then a treatment plan for each patient. We have about 40 of these on our platform to really hone in on those skills that you need when you're doing a history and physical. And all of this is really hard to do alone at home. Yeah, definitely. You get the best preparation in the actual clinic. But when you can't do that, this is a pretty good replacement, I think. Absolutely. So you must have overcome these changes and obstacles. You also took the USMLE step exams. I did. Yeah. So could you explain a little bit about persevering through this pandemic to tackle these problems, especially these huge exams? So I was originally scheduled to take step one in August of 2020. So it was not easy mm-hmm. <laughs> continuing to study for that exam, especially here in Krakow. I lived in a 25 meter square apartment. So I literally slept, ate and studied all in the same space. Wow. So it definitely led to quite a bit of burnout, I'd say, after about a month of being shut in. But at the same time, you kind of just have to remember that no one's going to do it for you. And while there were definitely days that I enjoyed just after logging off of class, I'd just veg out and binge Netflix for a day because you just need that mental break. Mm-hmm. Introducing a somewhat of a structure into my day was definitely helpful. I would try as hard as I could for as long as I could to kind of make it a habit of, you know, go to class online, then take a break to cook or go for a walk or do something to kind of just get out of the house. Mm -hmm. Because Poland was very strict on lockdowns. So the only thing you could really do outside of your house is go for a walk, go to the grocery store. Couldn't really escape to go to a coffee shop and study instead. Right. So yeah, introducing some sort of structure, some sort of schedule helped, but then kind of realizing that taking a break sometimes, even though at the time it kind of felt like a waste of time because you could be studying and you can always be studying for Mm -hmm. these USMLE exams. It ended up being a lot better for me in the long run to take those breaks so that I could go for longer. That lesson I definitely appreciated and implemented more towards step two, I'd say. Step one, I just was trying to throw anything to a wall and see what would stick. Um, Step two went a lot better, I think, because we started going back into the hospital. So that already introduced a break in space and time throughout the day. So it was a lot easier to not burn out as much. Mm -hmm. And then also is the practical learning, like going in and seeing real patients. So yeah, I just got to kind of push through it. Yeah, it's really important to prevent that burnout. And a lot of times you can get caught in this mindset of any moment I could be studying. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like real life procrastination. Yeah. Like you think you're being so productive because you're focusing on school, but then in reality, you're not going to the gym or you're not cooking as much or you're not seeing friends, which is also important. So it's all about a balance. Yeah. Which I guess is easy to say now that I'm past all of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but going to have to relearn all of that and implement that in residency too. So yeah. We saw the havoc that the pandemic brought for young students while they're trying to attend elementary school via Zoom. So thinking about this online education in general, how do you think it's going to help and harm young learners in the coming years? 
I honestly can't imagine being younger than like an age where you're actually using like textbooks and have to study on your own doing online school because I remember like kindergarten and elementary school were always talking to your classmates, group activities, reading aloud, things like that. So doing that through Zoom, I feel like would be extremely difficult. So I have no idea how people manage through that and kudos to them and also to all the parents that had to deal with that too because then you not only a parent or maybe a working parent, but then you also become a home teacher. That must have been incredibly difficult. And libraries were closed still, so they couldn't go to the library to get internet. So it definitely is an issue for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there's probably a lot of students that doing things online and being in the comfort of their home was helpful for, such as people with like chronic conditions. So for things like that, it could definitely be a plus, but we still have a long way to go, I think. Definitely. Like you said, the rapid switch to online education left many students behind, especially the most vulnerable. And now they're struggling to catch up. Not only do they have to learn more information, but some of them might need to learn faster. Right. And that might be a pro from this pandemic is that students can learn at their own pace. So accelerated learning is more of a real prospect now, I think. So that's kind of more customized learning. Yeah. Definitely. But at the same time, there's rising standards as well. So one big change that just happened for medical students is the USMLE Step 2 passing score increased. I saw that. Yeah. That is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about trying to catch up to your peers. Yeah. This is a big change. Yeah. I think that will impact people studying moving forward because now that Step 1 has passed failed, that's great. But with Step 2 then increasing, it makes sense, honestly. And Step 2 I found to be a lot more enjoyable to study for, mm. if that's even possible. Yeah. But it's just not... Not random little facts for the most part, like it's actually practical information. But if you have all these other things going on because of the pandemic that don't just end because mask mandates are lifted, like mm-hmm. things are lingering. I think there's going to be a lot of people that end up taking paths where you don't do step one right after second year and then step two right after third year and do like the quote unquote typical path. I think people are going to be taking a lot more time for themselves and realizing that it's OK if you don't do everything in such a straight line mm-hmm. like people say you're supposed to. Because there's still real life outside of school and that matters just as much, if not more. So, yeah. It's about connecting all these things for step two. Yeah. It's studying differently. So have you seen any changes in your school or in curricula when it comes to addressing some of these challenges with learning during a pandemic? In general, I feel like people are a lot more accommodating. Like a lot more doctors have been really accommodating for if you need to take a day here and there, and then you can make it up later. Because at the end of the day, if you're getting all of your requirements done, does the timeline truly matter? Or if you double up something here or there, as long as you're able to do it, I think it's fine. I think a lot of doctors have been seeing that too. It's okay if not everything goes to schedule and goes to plan. Because before, people were pretty strict on attendance policies and sticking to schedules and syllabi and things like that. So yeah, I don't really know if it's a difference in COVID or a difference because it's fourth year and that's yeah. just how it goes. But <laughs> but then some classes have actually stuck with the online despite being able to meet again in classrooms because it's convenient for everybody. Professors who are working physicians, they don't need to rush home or find an empty seminar hall in the hospital. They can just, you know, plop down in their empty office and mm-hmm. everyone can be home and still have the same effect. So because that has the balance of then also going to the clinic afterwards, if you're in your clinical years already, I think that that's a benefit because I definitely remember before COVID in that second half of second year when we were going to the hospital every day, still had a couple of seminars here and there, but just everywhere was a different location. It's stressful and it's tiring yeah. and you end up getting home and you don't want to study because you've been running around all day. Yeah. So that's something that's definitely stuck around too, which is nice, I think. Yeah, that's really nice. Kind of takes students' lives into consideration. Yeah. yeah what really a concept. Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> so 
My last question is if you could give our listeners any advice on handling the challenges we covered, whether that's learning anatomy online instead of in a lab, practicing clinical cases on AMBOSS instead of interviewing real patients, or how to study for these huge exams, what advice would you give? I would say take things one step at a time. I think when you're in med school and you're in the thick of it, it's kind of hard to break things down as, okay, this needs to be done right now. It kind of just seems like everything's on top of you because you have step one and then step two and then whatever other exams you might need to apply for residency. And then you have residency applications and planning fourth year. And there's just a lot going on. But I think what really helped me was focusing on what was my next like big task ahead of me. Everything else can wait and will wait because there's certain things that you can't do without the other. So I think just taking a step back and breaking things down to as digestible tasks as possible is helpful. And then also listen to your body, your brain. If you're having a really great study day where you go for 10 hours in a day, that's great. But then the next day you feel like crap and you're tired and you just can't focus. And you don't know why. Let that be a day of a break, even if you didn't schedule it to be a break day. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, if you're not focused, you're not really going to retain anything anyway. So you might as well give yourself the break that your body clearly is telling you you need. And then just remember priorities. I think now looking back on all four years, it's easy with hindsight to say that real life is just as important as your grades and all your studying and the steps, but time you can't get back. So definitely keep your priorities in line, even when you're in the thick of it and you're studying for step. It's okay to go out and have dinner with your family, even though you still have one more block to do. Yeah. And just hang in there. Yeah. Anything you do to give yourself a break Mm -hmm. without realizing it, you're making yourself a more interesting person to talk about because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, residency interviews, all they want to talk about is you. So if you say, well, I was just locked up in my room for the last four years studying, like there isn't really a whole lot to talk about. So yeah, yeah, definitely let yourself develop your interests, whether it's cooking, travel, knitting, like who cares, just something outside of school to give yourself a break. Yeah, it's a really good tip, I think. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. We covered a lot of information, and hopefully some of it proves helpful for you. Magda, thank you very much for letting us know you and your experiences and for all your advice. Thank you so much for having me. Um, It's been great chatting with you. Best of luck to everybody out there listening. You will get through it. It will be fine. (laughs) In today's episode, we looked at how the pandemic brought about changes in medical education and learning in general. Check out the links in the episode description to read more about the articles we mentioned and to learn about learning. If you have any specific topics that you would like to hear us cover or questions that you would like to ask, please get in touch at int.podcast at amboss.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to leave us a rating. Don't forget, you can check out the Amboss platform for your medical studies and sign up for a free five-day trial at amboss.com. All our information about our Amboss podcast and the Amboss platform can be found at go.amboss.com slash international podcast.